So, David. So, Michelle. So, this is kind of a listener request. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. I, I think you forgot that my friend Ben, who's a long-time listener, first-time caller, <laughs> who said he would like to chat wacky assassinations. My God, how did you know that that's exactly what I've been thinking about? <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, the Russians have been doing a lot of this lately, and it's yeah. basically defenestration. They've been yes. throwing people out of windows. They love a window. They love a window. But you know what? There are some absolute cracker yeah, assassinations. So I've, I've found a few as well. Oh, beautiful. I'm, ooh, maybe we've, we've sort of crossed paths here on the internet and not known. How exciting. Let's get our knives and our guns and our bombs and our axes and our boats out and let's do some killing. Okay, calm down. listening to I Spy, the failed assassination attempt of Australian intelligence. Would you like a cup of tea? Uh, yeah, thanks. And, and a nice, colourful conch shell. Yes. Have a cigar. Okay. Uh, let me get my gun out. Oh. Okay, let me get my axe out. Oh. <laughs> my, my axe misfired. I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Oh, yeah. Just uh, yeah, drink the water from the tap. It's very polluted. Okay. Hello and welcome to I Spy. My name's Michelle Stevenson. I'm here with David Callan and we thought we'd tackle wacky assassinations. But before we get into that, yes. we do have to address yes. one thing that happened. Mike Pizzullo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who kind of got, well, his WhatsApp text messages for five years have been made public. Allegedly, allegedly, but we pretty much know it's him. Basically, do, pulling some strings, being a liberal power broker as you, as you will, yeah. as you say. And he was, you know, kind of the head of um, Home Affairs. Head of Home Affairs. Which is not ideal. Not really, no. I mean, it's one of the things I've always sort of had in my mind is like uh, the politicisation of those sort of yes. departments, and which you don't want. No, and look, we don't want to get in too far into the weeds on like the the – the politicisation and the liberal stuff. But what we should tackle is how bad is this and how dangerous is it for someone to politicise something like home affairs? Well, the problem with it being is you then have a – you've got to question what's being produced by that department, right? Mm. You suddenly got to you, – you start questioning everything. Is it is it a political thing or is it actual intelligence that we're getting out or information or advice we're getting from that yeah. department? Uh, organizations like ASIO, I mean, Petzula was saying that ASIO were quite happy to go into home affairs and get away from AGs because they didn't like George Brandis. I mean, all of this stuff's come up. And funnily enough, George Brandis has written quite a few columns about it. Mm. And there are a couple of things that I tend to agree with him, which shocked the hell out I of me. I actually like George Brandis. So I think he can, he, some of the stuff he comes out with, he's quite eloquent. He's passionate about yeah. what he does and he knows his stuff. But the bottom line is with Petzula is he's, just overstepped his boundary. 100%. And, and also it's quite damning that Scott Briggs is involved because he is this power broker we don't really know about. He was involved with Malcolm Turnbull. He was involved with Scott Morrison. And Malcolm Turnbull seemingly put Pizzullo in the position. So, yeah. look, it's – I think we're going to get a lot more fallout. Oh, yeah. That's why I don't think we really want to talk about no. this now. I think this is something- But good to touch on. Very good to touch on because I think this is something that's really going to blow up in the next few weeks. Yeah. And I think um, once it all kind of comes out in the wash, we'll do a deeper dive into it and kind of the ramifications on of home affairs and having someone who is politicising the position of that. Let's get George Brandis in to talk about it. Okay. I've got it. Well, and on that, yeah. we, we do potentially- I'm, I'm just going to- for the end of the- episode. 
Okay. Save it as the cliffhanger. They'll love oh, it. Oh, my They'll, God. We've got a cliffhanger. I'm okay. so excited. Great. So let's get stuck in. Well, I do, I do have to say my, my friend Ben, as yep. I mentioned earlier, was like, oh, I want to know more about wacky assassinations. And he goes- <laughs> As and, you do. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And he goes, Bulgarian umbrella. Oh, the Bulgarian umbrella. Yes. The Bulgarian umbrella is one of the most famous mm. assassinations ever. Right. So it was a dissident writer, Georgia Markov. Yeah. And he'd been writing quite a lot of stuff about the chairman of the Bulgarian State Council, Zikov. Yeah. So on Zikov's birthday, Markov was walking across Waterloo Bridge in London mm. and he got a sharp pain in his leg. Oh, ow, he thought, something hath stung my leg. He right. didn't say hath, but I just threw that in there. Okay. Um, Very Shakespearean. He got a bit sick and he died four days later. Oh. He'd been injected with a tiny pellet of ricin. Actually, it wasn't a pellet of ricin. It was a small metal ball bearing mm. with a liquid ricin sort of put in a hole in the middle of it. So this umbrella, basically you stick the umbrella in the person, like mm. you hit them in the leg with it, and then you hit a button and a compressed air canister fires this pellet into their leg. So he just dropped dead. Four days later, ricin, if you've watched Breaking Bad, it is, you know, Walter White's go-to poison. Right. The interesting thing about it was it was also used in a failed assassination attempt against another Bulgarian dissident in the Paris metro, a guy by the name of Vladimir Kostov. Yeah. It was also rumoured to be a group wanted to use it in South Africa. Now, you're going to love the name of this. The South African Civil Cooperation Bureau Death Squad. Okay. Now, civil cooperation and death squad. Four words you don't expect to hear together. But the Bulga- the thing about the Bulgarian umbrella is once it's been used, mate, really, that umbrella is closed and is going back in the rack. You can't yeah. really use it again. It screamed KGB. It was like basically the Bulgarians were, were assisted with KGB R&D. And, you know, the KGB, they've got their fingers in everything. Everything. Yeah, I'm sure like a lot of the wacky assassinations were aligned with the KGB. There are a couple of good CIA ones as well. Oh, my God. But I want to go all the way back because this one is quite good. And I don't know if you have this one. Is yes. it Georges Genet? Ah, the man who was killed by an axe-wielding bear. bear. No, this is great. I love this This is so good. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, what do you know about it? So 17th century Switzerland. Correct. Apparently, he had taken an axe to one of his political rivals. Yes, he did. Uh, and that political rival, I can give you the guy's name, it was Pompeius von Plat- Planta. Pompeius <laughs> von Planta from Switzerland. So yes. all very Swiss. And Pompeia was killed by an axe on the 25th of February. Uh, 1621. Correct. Well done. And- he hid above the fireplace with his dog. Oh. Right. This is the thing. He was and like he was killed in front of his daughter, Lucretia. Right. Right. But he was hiding in the fireplace with his dog because he thought, oh, I better protect my dog. The dog must not die. It must stay with me. Big mistake because the dog started whining. Of and course. that's how Jorg found him. Yes. He was dragged out of the fireplace and killed with an axe. And they left that axe buried in the floor of the fi- in front of the fireplace. Yeah, and it took almost two decades yeah. for Yorgs to get kind of get his comeuppance. So the year 1639, it was carnival season. Having everyone, a party. Everyone was in costume and so probably pretty easy to overlook what was about to happen. Well, the interesting thing about that was there was it was a masked revel. There were lots of masked mm. revelers leaping around and a man wearing a bear suit wielding an axe. And a lot of his advisors. Now, the thing about 
Janach is he was not a nice person. Mm. He started Clearly. out as a... He took an axe to his political rival. Exactly. Doesn't scream pleasantries. And he wasn't the only one he took axes and other implements <laughs> of death to. Now, the whole thing was he was a, a militant activist, yep. Protestant activist, who then switched to the Roman Catholic side. This guy kept switching. And, and if you know the 30 Years' War, can you explain it to me? Because it is the most complex war ever. But essentially, it was a Protestant versus Catholic thing. He kept switching sides. He was renowned as a brutal and horrible yeah. person. And essentially, he was having a party and all of these revelers wearing masks and the guy in the bear suit sort of went, can we come too? And he went, yeah, come on in. It's going to be <laughs> lots of fun. Toblerone for everyone. And that's when the guy allegedly killed him with the axe, the same axe that he'd killed Von Planter. Which it may- makes people believe that it was his mm. political rival's son. Rudolf von Planter. Yep. Right. Now, the interesting thing is someone has said is, you know, why would you wear a bear costume, right? Because if you were, you know, if you're an adult at this point, 20 years on, you were probably a child and he wouldn't recognise you. I also think Xi Jinping, be very careful if someone comes at you wearing a panda costume. I know, like those pandas, they look so cute, they but do. if they have an axe. And Australian politicians, if one of those wildlife fund people comes up to you in a koala bear suit, wielding more than just a bucket, be very careful of that too. Now, officially, no one was ever identified, but the guy was bludgeoned to death, possibly with an axe, though someone said the axe was a distraction. And while he was looking at the axe, the bear pulled out a gun from his padded crutch Oh. And shot him. That's a lot of details considering no one really – like f- for someone to – for something to be so detailed from yeah. like the 17th century. Well, that, but that is – we often – this is one of the things about history. We often forget that the detail is there you know, yeah. because historians from that period will write about it. And the thing about Janach was he was a huge figure in Switzerland. So he's a part – if you look at the list of fictional things that have happened with yeah. him, there's plenty, plenty. Yeah. Okay. So what what else do you have on your little list over there? President Andrew Jackson. Oh, I the, don't have this one. The What's first one? person to ever, anyone, the first US president to uh, become a victim of a potential assassination. Okay. So Jackson was the US president. It was the 30th of January in 1835 when Richard Lawrence, a house painter and potential English king, Mm. we'll get to this, right, confronted Jackson as he was leaving the Capitol building in Washington. He was hiding behind a pillar when Jackson entered. It was for a funeral for a a congressman. He was entering the building and Lawrence couldn't get close enough to him, so he hid behind a pillar. As Jackson came out, Lawrence leapt from behind the pillar, found himself face-to-face with Jackson, pulled out a Derringer pistol, pulled the trigger at point blank, and it misfired. Now, while this is happening, he went, oh, crap, my gun's not worked, pulled out a second Derringer, pulled the trigger, it misfired again, right? <laughs> not, you're not doing well. It's At not a good day. At this point, it is, it's reported that Jackson then took his hickory cane and gave the man a beating. Actually, what probably happened was he was wrestled to the ground by none other than Davy Crockett. Right. Davy Crockett, the fun, the famous frontiersman who died at the Alamo, who was also a congressman at the time, and other cabinet ministers or cabinet sec- – they call them secretaries over there – cabinet secretaries wrestled Lawrence to the ground and, of course, Jackson would have been whisked away by armed troopers. There was no Secret Service at the time. Everyone talks about, oh, it was a Secret Service failure. No, there wasn't a Secret Service. So the thing about Lawrence, though, and this is the mm. really funny thing about Lawrence, was he believed he was Richard III. King Richard III, right? Now, he was a house painter, 
one of the things they had a lot of in paint in those days was lead, right? So the guy was mad. Interestingly enough, when he went to court, I mean, the day of the assassination, he was said to be sitting in his painting shop ranting to himself about Jackson and then finally threw papers onto the ground and stood up and went, I'll be damned if I don't do it. Well, yes, you were damned. You didn't do it. You Mm. didn't get it done. So what he did is he went to assassinate him. It went wrong. He went to court in five minutes. The jury only needed five minutes to come to a, a verdict. That verdict was not guilty by reason of criminal insanity. Now, the interesting thing was while he was in court, he actually he would make fierce accusations. He basically said that Jackson was preventing him from getting the money he was owed for his landed properties in the UK mm. because he was trying to ban the second United States Bank, which was just like what? Right? But essentially Cooker territory. He was but he was crazy. He was mad and he died in an insane asylum. So that was one of the, the fact it's one of those legendary ones where it's like holy crap yeah. you, you just it makes no sense but he was insane, right? Bottom line guy is crazy. Now, with assassinations that did work, there's assassination plots, which are some are just as crazy. Oh, like yeah. former Vice President Dick Cheney was worried that the secu- around the security of his artificial heart. Oh, yeah, so gonna... much so that he asked his doctors to deactivate its wireless device because he thought assassins would hack in and, you know, deactivate him. Or reboot him. Or rebuild Let's him. Let's reboot that heart and see if it's got a little bit of humanity <laughs> in it. But Fidel Castro, apparently, was the target of more assassination plots and attempts than any other human in history. Well, but some of those plots uh, were just insane, but some of them were freaking very clever. Yeah, so some estimates put the number as high as 600. Yeah. And a lot of them had to do with the CIA. Oh, yeah. So ways that people tried to kill him, poison things, apparently a wetsuit because he likes scuba diving. They were going to put a fungal spores in the wetsuit and because he was such an egotist, he'd get a skin condition and he wouldn't be able to face his public. You know, that didn't work. Yeah. The other diving one I liked was the the intricately painted conch shell. Oh, yes. Because he was a the, scuba diver. The they, co- a conch shell on the seafloor which ex- was going to explode. Which would have exploded. And to be perfectly honest, that it wouldn't actually need it to be that alluring. But, like, you also – yeah. Like the whole, the probability around him being in that particular place, seeing that particular conch shell and deciding to pick it up. Just put a lot of conch shells out. <laughs> but they all explode. Yeah. But also, speaking of exploding things, a cigar. It's exploding cigar. Yeah. The I, old- mean, I mean, that just screams wacky movie. Yeah. But the other thing that was really interesting is they were going to use botulinum poison as well, toxin as well. So put yes. botulinum in the, like at the end that you put in your mouth and he basically is start, he's just inhaling botulinum and also it's getting in through his mucous membranes in his mouth. Well, they wanted it. Yeah. A handkerchief covered in bacteria and, and a milkshake, a poison filled syringe disguised as a ballpoint pen yeah, that and was... also a cigar laced with botulinum. Yeah. The ballpoint pen, the interesting thing is that they actually, that was an operation that was meant to go ahead. But the agent, the guy who was actually going to do the job, the assassin basically turned around and went, get me a, this is bullshit. I'm not going to use yeah. it. Get me a better pen. For God's sake, get me an umbrella. Right? So the thing about Castro was he was so elusive. Yeah. He was one of those typical leaders. He slept in different places all the time. His schedule was always sort of varied and strange. And that's the thing. Scheduling is a really important thing in yeah, assassination. Yeah, we talk about this a lot, right? Yeah. Just always changing up your route to work. Mm, your route to work, which brings us to operation. Operation Anthropoid. Ooh. Ooh, this is great. Right. <laughs> right. Operation Anthropoid is one of those ones where if you keep to your schedule, it can kill you. Right. right. So have you ever heard of Reinhard Heydrich? No. The Butcher? 
of Prague. Right, so. <laughs> okay. The Butcher of Prague. Reinhard Heydrich was a Nazi like he was a Nazi war criminal, let's right. be perfectly honest. The guy was an absolute brute. He was sent into Czechoslovakia by Hitler. He was a very close to Hitler as well, yeah. though, a good mate. He went in there to basically, as it was said, work to improve the actioning of the policy of mm-hmm. the Nazi Reich. Essentially, the final solution. He was sent into Czechoslovakia to get on with killing the Jews, right? So not a nice guy. And thousands of people were killed by this fella. Mm. So basically, Czech intelligence that was in the UK, working with the SOE, came up with a plot. They trained two dozen men. right? Mm. So they had two dozen men. They got two, right? Two were sent behind enemy lines, so they parachuted in. And what happened next was literally something out of a Keystone Cops movie. So there is one point on Heydrich's route, commuting route from home to work every day, that was a hairpin bend that you had to slow down for. Okay. And there was a tram stop there. So two little Czech intelligence officers are standing at the tram stop as Heydrich comes around the corner in his Mercedes Cabriolet with the top down because Heydrich's big thing was, I'm going to show all of Czechoslovakia that I'm not threatened by you. I will drive in an open top car. Do your worst. Well, these guys did their worst. One guy, as he was driving very slowly by, pulled out a Sten submachine gun, British submachine gun, and pulled the trigger and it misfired. This happens a lot in assassination. Yeah, there's a lot of misfiring. Yeah, interestingly enough, the Lawrence one with the two Derringers, the Smithsonian took the Derringers out. They'd been in storage for years. They took them out and test-fired them, and both of them fired perfectly when they test-fired them. There was no problem with them. They think it was because it was a humid day, Yeah, the powder was wet. But this thing, the Sten gun didn't fire, and it's believed it didn't fire because the barrel was full of rabbit food. Oh. <laughs> Wait for what? it. Is this like a Bugs Bunny episode? I'm telling you, it's it's like a cartoon. It's like the, Elmer Fudd? Well, the whole, yeah, I'm going to kill me some rascally rabbits. What happened was uh, in Czechoslovakia, because there was a lot of food shortages because of the Nazis, people were breeding rabbits. And yep. whenever they found food for rabbits, they'd put it in their pockets. This guy's got parts of a Sten gun that he's then going to assemble at a tram stop. There's a very there's a high likelihood that just a piece of you know corn got yeah, stuck yeah. in either jammed in the mechanism or in the barrel. So the Sten gun didn't fire. As soon as this happened, instead of going get me the hell out of here to his driver, Heydrich turned around to his SS driver and went stop the car. I am going to tell these people and teach them a lesson. Right. So he stood up in the back of his car, pulled out his Luger, and started firing. Just as that happened, the other guy, now there were two guys, there were two Serbian intelligence officers. So mm. Joseph Gabchik, who was the gunman, and then there was Jan Kubis. And Jan threw a modified anti-tank grenade at the car, but he missed. It landed near the back wheel and exploded. Now, everyone got injured with that. Kubik got shrapnel in his face, the driver got shrapnel in his body, and most importantly, this is for future reference, yeah. Heydrich got shrapnel from it as well, including shrapnel from metal passing through the car. So what happens is Heydrich jumps out of the car to attack Gabchik and, of course, Kubis went, I'm out of here, jumped on his bicycle and started riding down the road and that's when Heydrich turned around to his driver and went, get that bastard. That is the quote. Get that bastard. I mean, it's a good quote. Great, good quote. Kubis hid in a butcher's shop not knowing, yeah, and the irony the butcher of Prague, and he goes and hides in a butcher's shop, not knowing that the butcher was a Nazi sympathiser. The guy gave him away, sort of ran out of the shop, went hit the guy you're looking for is here. Yep. The driver was running through the door as Kubis was running out. They hit each other. Kubis shot him twice and ran away, got away. 
right? Gabcic got into a gun battle with Heydrich. They were having a gunfight and then Heydrich collapsed. Gabcic got on his bike and rode away. Now, for those two, they left thinking they'd failed because Heydrich was still going. He was mm. still on his feet. Well, he was on his feet, but he was still alive. He wound up resting against a guardrail on the road. What happened was both of them, one of them was killed by the SS in yep. a gunfight and the other one committed suicide before he was captured, dying thinking we failed. Four days later, Heydrich died. Oh, there was this shrapnel just hidden somewhere? Sepsis. Oh, sepsis now, is a nasty killer. Nasty killer. Now, a lot of people say uh, there are two schools of thought. One is the sepsis came from the horsehair stuffing in the seat. Mm. So as it fired, the horsehair went into his right. body and carried sepsis with it. They also said that they got to him earlier. He probably would have survived because they would have, you know, mm. they would have been able to clean the wounds faster, but they didn't get to him quite on time. The other thing is there was a chance that the, the mine had been modified to carry a botulinum toxin. Oh. So it was... There is the potential well, idea that... that the SOE were using biological weapons in assassination. Yeah, well, I doubt the um, guy would have suicided if he thought that that was because he would have th would have known that he would have inevitably died. Oh, not necessarily. Okay. No, not necessarily. But the the way the the grenade was described, the anti tank material, the anti tank weapon was described. It sounded like there was tape on it, and it sounded like that there was a part of it missing, which means that there was probably modified to carry something else, which could have been botulinum. Either way, the butcher of Prague was dead. Not a good thing for Prague. No, not a great thing for Prague. 5,000 people killed. Oh. They literally walked into a Czech village and killed everyone. Hitler was very upset that he lost his, his butcher. Hitler gets very upset. He does. He's he a does. You don't want to mess with Hitler. He's not a happy person. Now, one of the weirdest assassination plots that kind of failed but also had some pretty nasty repercussions yeah. was Osama bin Laden with the vaccination program. Oh. So the Navy SEALs, they kind of knew that Osama bin Laden was hiding out somewhere in Pakistan. They Basically, the CIA wanted to check that it was him first, yep. but they needed DNA. They decided to get some locals, a doctor, a Pakistani doctor, to go door-to-door -door for polio vaccination. Yep thinking they would get the DNA. Well, they didn't, but the problem was it had huge impacts for the region because now they didn't trust any anyone who was administering anything. Any vaccines. Any, any vaccines. Yep. Um, they thought it was a cover for espionage and assassination. Vaccination workers had been murdered and the Taliban had also then announced a ban on vaccinations in Pakistan's tribal regions. So thank you, US, yeah. for um, yep. really fucking it up. Polio's back. <laughs> Polio's back because you... You needed some DNA. Yep. Now, this is, there's a great one. I just, I love this one. It's an, an, another attempt at a assassination yep. against Teddy Roosevelt. Oh. Right. Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. Now, Teddy was making a speech. He was about to make a speech. He, was yep. a, he wasn't actually making a speech, but he was about to make a speech. October 14. Okay. 1912. Okay. Right. He's about to make a speech in Milwaukee. Right. And a former saloon keeper, John Flamning Shrank. That's mm -hmm. correct. His name is Shrink. Right. Decided that he was going to shoot him. Walked up in front of Roosevelt, pulled mm -hmm. out his gun, pulled the trigger, got him bang in the chest. Right. Right. Unfortunately, it hit Roosevelt's steel spectacle container. Right. And the speech that he was carrying. Now, oh. you might think, so what? It was 50 pages. Oh, so it saved him. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. The bullet actually lodged in his chest. But he but went hardly. On, 
but hardly. But he went on to make a speech. So he's standing there with blood coming out of his chest. And he went, uh, people have said that I was shot. Well, it takes more than a bullet to take down a bull I mean, what, like, what a way to kind of rally troops behind your cause. You look yep. like this superhuman. And then he spoke for 90 minutes. Oh, man. Love, <laughs> 50 pages. Loves a chat. 50 pages worth. Well, you know, the fact that he loved a speech and loved to talk is what saved his life. Exactly. The guy was a talker and, and a man or- of action. An orator. Yep. And probably rode a bear to work. So no, with an axe. Yes. Um, so now, one last one. Okay, last one. Let's go. Right. Uh, I don't know. Did you have one? No. All right. Here's the last one. It's Litvinenko. Right. Now, Litvinenko is a really famous one because this was a former Russian intelligence officer yep. who then went to the UK. Right. Okay. He, I'm not sure if he defected or he just resigned and went to the Said, UK. Said, I want to go to the sunny seaside yeah. of the United Kingdom. <laughs> I want to go to UK and walk on Waterloo Bridge without umbrella, please. Yeah. Right. So Litvinenko was having a meeting with a couple of former intelligence okay. officers from, the, from Russia. They were still living in Russia, but he was having a meeting with them, drank a cup of tea, was dead, I think, 21 days, 18 days later, right. or 21 days later, he was dead. And his death was appalling. Hair falling out, oh. organs withering away, oh. the whole ball of wax, right? And the doctors had no idea what was going on. They even ran a Geiger counter over him, nothing. Okay. Right? So they can't work out what's going on. Someone said, let's send his blood down to a nuclear research facility mm. where they might be able to do something. So these guys were talking about it. They were, you know, all these scientists looking, you know, white coats. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what do you think, Biffo? Yeah. Right? So no one knows what's going on. And then someone went, that's a really interesting spike in that energy spectrum. Yeah. And one of the scientists went, hang on, where? And they went, this is the range that it's. And went, holy shit, that's polonium-210. Polonium-210 is a radioactive isotope. Oh, The fun. thing about radium, oh, polonium 210 is yeah. polonium 210 is really high on the alpha wave, right? Okay. So, and if it gets into your system and you can only get it in by inhaling it or eating it, mm. right? Uh, 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 imbibing it. So, if it gets into your system, yeah. you're done, right? You, once it's in, it's in, you're, right. you're screwed. So, the whole thing was um, is it, this sounds like very, wasn't that like the last James Bond movie? Kind of. Didn't he like? Wasn't there a thing that like? No, that was a genetic. Oh, yeah, that, that was. Right. That, I feel that, like this is very James Bond. Anyway, well, keep it going. is. Keep it going. is very James Bond because here's <laughs> no. the thing: the thing with polonium two ten is because it's really high on the alpha yeah. but low on the gamma, it can't be detected by a Geiger counter. Huh. You've got to use other ways to, to spot it. Now the thing was they went, oh, it's probably plutonium two ten. Now with plutonium two ten, it's everywhere. Right? Yeah. it's in the soil. It's in you. We've all got polonium two ten in us, but. In such minute amounts, yeah. that makes no difference. But when you get a heavy dose of it, you're screwed. Okay. Now the thing is, the only place you can get that amount of plutonium two ten is from a weapons grade facility that produces weapons grade nuclear material. Yes. And they basically identified the plutonium two ten as coming from a weapons facility in Russia. Of course. Russia has denied all knowledge. Why would we kill an ex? Yeah. Why would we do this to one of our people when there's a convenient window right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now, the interesting thing is the British went, all right, let's go and see if we can find some plutonium-210. They found it in the bathroom of the restaurant where he was having the cup of tea. They found it in the cubicle, in the sink. Right. They found traces. Right. They found traces in the hotel rooms of both the guys he met with. 
They found traces in the hotel rooms when they were in London two weeks before and were having a, a, a Japanese meal with him. They found it in the Japanese restaurant where he was. They found it on the plane that they was using. They found it in Hamburg where one of them had gone. It was like they found it literally everywhere. It's like the Novichok yeah, um, assassination. That's what I was going to say. Where they keep, it's like, my God. But can, like, did other could other people have like picked it up as well? Uh, no, it doesn't count. You don't absorb it through your skin. No. You, so right. it wouldn't have caught It's That's the reason why something like plutonium-210 is actually a really interesting- So how did he get it then? It was in his tea. Now, there is, they've got video footage of them going into a bathroom and then one of them coming out of the bathroom with their, his hand in his pocket yeah. and he doesn't take it out of his pocket at any point until they're at the table. And piece of, people are basically saying as soon as Litvinenko turned, he's turned away, bloop, you know, oh, what's that over there? Right, bloop, in goes yeah, the thing. Okay. It dissolves. He drinks it. Done. Done. Right. So this, one of the things that's interesting about when you go through the history mm. of assassination is a lot of it is chance. Yep. Right. A lot of it is, and a lot of the really well-planned out ones, like, no plan survives contact with the enemy. Same with assassination, right? So there's so many botched assassinations, things that have gone wrong, where literally if the gunman in the Roosevelt attempt had just gone you know, two inches to the left, Roosevelt's gone, history's different. Yeah. So this is the thing you've always got to consider when you're looking at, at assassination is it it really is a, a game of chance. And look, as you go back through history, it gets like some of the ways people kill people. There's one called scafism, which we will talk about when we do executions because that's another tool. It's another tool of state. Yeah. But it's not just a tool of state. It's a tool of terrorism. You know, so torture, assassination, execution, all of these things have this awful, awful mm. reputation because they're an awful way to deal with other human beings. Yeah. So. Yeah, well. That's great. Yep. <laughs> I, was, I had nothing else. I was going to say, though, without giving too much away, because it might not happen. You're going to kill me? No, but we do have a really I'm not drinking excellent, that tea. No, don't drink the tea. We do have a really, really excellent guest lined we, up. Oh, I'm really excited about this one. I know. And I don't want to give too much away just in case it falls through and I don't want it to fall through, Because, but I know that our listeners will really, really You'll really enjoy it. this one. I'm really thrilled about it. I've wanted to talk to this guy for two years. Yes. So, um... Be sure to tune in next step. Next step. It's going to be a cracker. And by the way, if anyone's thinking of assassinating anybody, don't. It's not a nice thing to do. Or at least tell David about it at I Spied Podcast. Yeah, tell me at I Spied, <laughs> at I Spied Podcast on Twitter. And, um, of course, uh, yeah, we'll, 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 we'll send you out a T-shirt or something if you come up with a really cool way of killing someone. No, Preferably. we won't. No, we won't no I'm like, come on. Yeah. We can't stop. I should probably be quiet now. Yes. Yeah, 